1: Up until the moment it wasn't. Hey, everybody, this is Bonnie Somerville. Welcome to my podcast. This is Second Act on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm so excited to be here. I have been wanting to do this for years and finally it's happening. Um, Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to tell you basically a little bit about what Second Act is and kind of what it means to me and how I got the idea to do it. Um, So I've been in my business 25-ish years and started working really young. I was a model when I was 18. Um, I lived in Europe. I had a record deal when I was 17, lived in Nashville for a while, got dropped, came back, went to college for a bit, dropped out, decided, you know what, I'm going to LA, I'm going to make it as an actress. And four years of struggling, you know, not that bad, I basically was on the biggest show in the world, Friends, and... uh Life just kept giving me good stuff. I mean, I just couldn't not get a job. It just was, it was all good. I got another record deal with Interscope. Um, I was in a band called Band From TV, which you might have heard of with a bunch of celebrities uh, for charity and traveled the world, movies, did all sorts of things. And I was really on top for a really, really long time. And then a lot of things happened. Life stuff, depression, family issues, breakups, um, things not working out the way you want, just disappointment and I literally just came crashing down like I just hit rock bottom and I was on a big show and I got let go and that was kind of the that was the ice that broke the camel's back is it the ice it's a straw it's the ice or the straw no it's a straw whatever anyway my back was broken. I mean, I just hit rock bottom. I got really depressed. Um I gained a bunch of weight. I kind of stopped caring. Um uh, went back to therapy and went home to New York for a while and I just I just totally lost my mojo. Um I think all the years of disappointment and canceled shows and and shows I tried to pitch that didn't work and, you know, two record deals that didn't work and and um, got fired from that band I was in, the celebrity band. Um, that's another story I'll tell someday. <laughs> but um, it was just one hit after another, you know? And I was I was really down. Lucky I had really good friends around me and a lot of support. Um, my mom was amazing. And I also left my management team of 20 years. And that was very, very hard because they were like family to me. And I felt I needed a change. And it was like a divorce. Maybe worse than a divorce because we were like sisters. So... One of my best friends said, you know what, Bon, you just need to find your second act. You know, like everyone has one. You just, you just got to look for something, find something else that you're good at. And I thought, that's so interesting. And one of the things I'm obsessed with is I'm a huge Howard Stern fanatic. I mean, I can't live without Howard Stern. It's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and I love the format of talking to people. I love when people open up and share their stories. Um, I'm really big on that. and I, I'm, I find it fascinating especially when people are super honest. And I thought, I could do that. You know, talk to people about how did you find your second act when everything went bad? You know, when you got fired, when your company went under, when you got a divorce, when your husband cheated on you, when you lost a child, when you couldn't get pregnant after 10 rounds of IVF, when you broke a leg and you couldn't play in a professional team anymore. I mean, we all have so many stories, and those stories are inspiring and they help other people, and they helped me a lot. Um, All those stories I heard about, you know, Oprah Winfrey getting fired and Steve Jobs not graduating from high school and all the people that were told no. Those are the stories that have kind of gotten me through my life because I didn't come from a place where people were very supportive of what I wanted to do. So I thought, I want to do that. I want to tell these stories and hear people's stories. So this is my second act. And this is just the beginning. Um, just the beginning of me getting back my mojo, acting, writing, producing, pitching shows, and this has inspired me to do that. And hearing these stories, hopefully will inspire you to do that. So before I forget, please find me on Instagram and contact me um, at secondact underscore pod on Instagram, And please send me some messages. You know, I would love to hear from you guys. Questions about me, my life, how I got to where I got to. Any advice I could give you. Um, and maybe have some questions about guests. And I'll start to read them when I get them. When uh, If they come in early, when you see who the guest is as we go on. Uh, I'll ask them questions. And uh, make sure to subscribe to Second Act wherever you get your podcasts. Share it on all your social channels. And please leave me a five-star review on Apple. Because... I want to interview some really big people. So I need those five stars. Um, Anyway, thanks for tuning in. I think you're going to love it. My very first guest is important to me because I have known this guy over 15 years, very close with his wife. Uh, I am godmother to both of his little girls, which I don't understand why. I think. They think I have more money than I do. Mm, They'll be disappointed. But uh, I've known Christian a super long time. He is an awesome friend. Uh, He's a comedian. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's a movie reviewer. He's a critic. He's a dad. He's a husband. He does it all. And I've known Christian and watched him build a brand from absolutely nothing, called the Schmoes. It was him and his partner, Mark Ellis, in their rooms doing a podcast before podcasts were a thing and just talking about movies and their passion for movies. And they were so driven and so focused because they realized like if we can't be in movies, we love movies. So we're going to talk about them. And they have grown this to a huge social media presence and they have a a group called Down. Basically, it's a trivia contest. It's gone all over the country now, people pay to be in it to to compete against each other. Kind of like the, I'll let him explain it, but it's kind of like the WWF meets movie trivia. Anyway, my my name in the schmodown is uh, Smoke Show Somerville. Yeah, I didn't write that, by the way. He's awesome. He really inspired me, and he told me to do this years ago, and he helped me a lot. He kept saying, you should do a podcast. You talk more than anybody, and you love Howard Stern. You'd be great at it. So... He's probably going to say, "I told you so." I would, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But he was there for me, and I'm thrilled that he's my very first guest. It's coming full circle. So please welcome Christian Harloff. Um, I am. I can't even believe this. I'm. I'm. I'm very excited. This is uh, one of my closest friends. Uh, I'm godmother to both his children. God help him. I don't know why he did that. I think he thinks I'm rich. I'm not. But um, I was a bridesmaid at his wedding, and I was the first podcast. He, his show was the first podcast I ever did. Uh, he's one of the funniest people, most talented, funniest people I know. Christian Harloff. Hi. I thought
2: you were going to say Mark Ellis.
1: Oh, God! No. Yeah. No. You are one of the funniest people I know. Are you kidding me? Oh, thank
2: you. Thank you so much. By the
1: way, this is very weird because I have been um, on Christian's various shows. He's had many for 15 years and now he's on mine. I'm kind of sweating a little bit.
2: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm judging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are so judging me right now. No, I'm
2: not judging you. No, so
1: you are. Cause you're the best interviewer. Yeah. You're totally judging everything I say. You're going to judge me.
2: No, that's not true. I'm just waiting for you to put on headphones. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: headphones, you fucker. How about the fact that like, literally i was the first one of the first guests you ever had yeah what, what 15 years ago
2: um when did we do it we did the 2000 actually nothing it was 2009 uh 2010 is when we started uh um, nine, nine, nine,
1: nine, 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 you know
2: nine. what no it's not true ellis and i started doing our long form podcast in like yeah. 2011 so i was like what nine years ago so Anna, you were definitely one of the first um one of i her- was
1: Sure. You were in your apartment. There was like a fan. Uh, there were a couple of posters on the wall. Yeah. I don't even think you were engaged yet. Were you engaged? Yet?
2: We were, no, I, we were. It was right before we were married. But it was before oh, uh, first born okay. was oh, he wasn't here yet.
1: And, you, and, and I just think the audience should know that both his children are my godchildren. Yes. I don't true. know why you never say that. Why do you not think that's a big deal? I think that's a really big deal.
2: Because it's not how, what your credits include my God, my God children.
1: <laughs> well, the only reason the only reason why you you asked me was because I'm the only like confirmed Catholic chick you guys know. That's, that's not untrue. And you think I have a lot of royalties.
2: That's well, no, that's it. it see, the, the 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 goal is that you, that once because you're going to crush it on blue bloods uh, like oh, you wow. have been and once. Once, once that happens again, then yeah, then you can, uh, you can donate uh, some stuff towards the kid's college.
1: I mean, I could donate some blood. No any money.
2: I no mean, one's donate blood right now. Who wants to do that? I don't
1: know what is going on. By the way, speaking of which, I was super offended that I stopped being on your show. If you guys haven't watched Christian mm-hmm. show or heard of Christian show, which you're living under a rock. Um, Sen live but like I was like really offended why am I not on the show and you kept saying I'm not on the show because what zoom problems and
2: well there's a lot of zoom problems but there's but we we did figure out a little bit more now but it's also because the honest answer to that question is that the the way that it is shifted when we're in studio it's yeah. I I prefer because I've gone through so many bounces gone back and forth of of this space that I'm in but I prefer not to do just movie talk and movie news and all that kind of no, stuff. No, you
1: don't. You do. Every, you have evolved, like, we'll, go, we we'll go into that later. But you have literally evolved, like, since I met you, into so, you've inspired me, so many things.
2: But we did. We did that. When we were in studio together, it was easier to just kind of pivot a little bit and say, okay, well, we're done talking about movie news. On the online, uh, right now, it's it's been a lot of movie news and a lot of those types mm-hmm. of things. And I know that doesn't really... Interest you as much? What? I know you are talking about, but what? You're, you're, not, you're not as caught
1: movie, up. Movie news doesn't interest me.
2: You're caught up in all that stuff. I'm
1: so insulted. Good. What are you trying uh, to say? What are you trying to say? Just because I'm an out of work actress. No, what Thanks I'm saying uh, when it comes
2: to my uh, when it comes to, my, uh, it comes to my, the next show. Oh, you though,
1: guys are nerds. Let's be honest. You are. You guys. I'm are- not,
2: I don't. I'm. Not, I'm on the show now three times a week, maybe two. I don't. I'm focusing on the other stuff right now. That I'm not even on the show as much anymore because they. They, like when it started, I, I still love movies and like watching movies, but I'm not as in, locked in the way that, that I used to be in the way that everybody else is. I'm too busy trying to grow the Schmodown right now.
1: Well, let's go back. We, we have to tell people that don't know you, which they should, but tell everybody what we're talking about. So you are, like like I said, one of my oldest friends and I. you inspired me because back in the day, before podcasts were even a thing, before any of this was a thing, you were you and Mark Ellis. You had this brilliant idea, the Schmodown, Your 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 you know stand up comic. That's what you came out to LA for. You had this amazing idea to start like this trivia kind of. First, it was live, right? It was like a live
2: thing, well, right? no, first it started as a bit like our, the evolution of where we started with our channel first and it was just two guys kind of reviewing movies and talking about movies and, in the same way that you talk to somebody after, you, you know, you would talk to like your, your friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend and and just kind of BS about the movies. You know, that's what we wanted to do. And we did that for so long. And then we started going on the Adam Carolla show. And oh, we, right,
1: uh, that's right, Adam Carolla,
2: yeah. We started doing that, we're like, you know, we should, we should start doing our own podcast. And we did. And, and, and you and I are both big Stern fans, you know, and I oh, grew yes. up like the whole, the whole thing. Uh, what I wanted to do was create the Howard Stern show, but in the movie space. And so we packed it with our friends and, and goofed around and had bits. And we started the Schmo's No Show. But I
1: remember going to the Schmo's No Show yeah. and I was there, when it was live.
2: Yeah, but it was always know? live on the air, for sure. Like, you know,
1: but I mean, remember when, when it started, when you guys were still doing stand up. Yeah. Was that not part of the oh,
2: show? Oh no, no, I see what you're saying. Like doing live oh. shows. We we did it we did a stand so Mark and I our background was obviously yes. still and Mark Mark's tell, still tell
1: everybody your background.
2: Well, stand-up comedians and right. we did we did a, a comedy a stand-up comedy show in 2010 when we only now the, the channel's over like three hundred thousand subscribers. At the time when we were doing that show, I think we had three thousand subscribers. So we were just doing a stand-up comedy show, a live show at, at this restaurant called uh, Amalfi which the club was called Room Five.
1: Oh, I used to I I I, I used to I used to stumble home from there.
2: I know and it's used to it was like I lived
1: I lived three blocks away. Right around the block. I
2: know. Was like 100, there was like a hundred there was like a hundred people that you could sit in that place. And you know, I had birthday parties there and other things there, but it was a lot of fun. But we had a full, we used to have people come in there all the time. Like Eliza would come in there and, uh, and.
1: Oh my God. And, um, yeah, everybody.
2: Sebastian was in there that one oh, night. Sebastian.
1: Uh, By the way, I've gotten my boyfriend into Sebastian now and, uh, he's obsessed. Yeah. So, I, rem- I remember seeing him at your, at yeah. your show and, and, and literally me and your wife, I, I like literal tear actual tears, Going yeah. like, what is wrong with you?
2: Wrong? I've known him for for a while. I mean, he was we both came up at the comedy store. So and yeah. he's just he's just one of the biggest comedians in the world now. But um but anyway, so we did we did our stuff there and we and uh that was that live show was just kind of for a goof. It wasn't really we weren't selling tickets to the way that we didn't have the audience that we had like now. Like I wish yeah. that we could do that because we we would be able to sell that show out because I used to have to push and push and push to get people in that room it was almost like a bringer show because just trying to get really? my-
1: it was always packed every time I, I, had, I got
2: friends because it became a hangout for us but it was like uh, friends and all this to do there weren't really like a lot of fans in the audience so we, like when you go to schmodown events now now we're selling out 500 to 1,000 to 1,500 people when we go to across the country because that there's like fans that have been watching the program for years but that all but evolved. So it
1: started there, right? That's how it. That's where it all kind of began at the at the was, Amalfi on La Brea. By the way, everybody should know in um L.A. on La Brea between what was it? I used to live there. God, I forgot. Third and uh, Beverly. Beverly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amalfi no, above an Italian restaurant.
2: Yeah, it didn't necessarily start there, but it was like it definitely it, it that was part of the evolution, and then. Then we started doing the live podcast and from the live podcast um, we were doing bits, you know, and like, and I remember in 2014, we wanted to do, to, we, we used to, we would do, remember the celebrity, celebrity impression game that we used to oh do. Oh my
1: god, That was so funny.
2: Yeah. We used to do that. We used to do a lot of different you things. You guys were
1: to, doing that. I'm saying like you guys were doing that before there were podcasts. Like I remember, I mean, I remember you guys doing that and like just being like, what? And yeah. here I am now, you know, trying to get on the podcast train. But you guys were doing that before there were even podcasts. Like you we were, knew we were, you saw like the future in that.
2: It was pretty cool. I was on the. we had Kevin Smith on the show last week and we were talking to him and he, and he remembers like, he remember like the schmoes, yeah. you know, and how it was out there. And, and it, it was, it was pretty cool to, to, to hear him talking about it. So. Um, it was
1: some of but- the best comedy nights of my life. I I, I honestly like those nights that you guys were doing and yeah, the celebrity impressions and, um, yeah. but I just remember you being like, Hey, we're doing this, um, movie review thing. You want to come on? And I think my very first time I was on, it was like, you hadn't seen the princess bride.
2: Not me, Mark.
1: Oh, Mark. And that was the beginning of our, like, you know, let's, let's, you know, cause a war, you know, let's cause like dissension. And it was, but- you had that idea before anybody.
2: Well, yeah, it was it was I think that once we got the, into long form, because those are the yeah. movie reviews, the, the movie reviews are harder to do the movie, review, I mean, not harder to do, but harder to build like any character stuff. Up. But once we started doing the long form stuff, that was more, you know, you could have it, people could be themselves and, and kind of we could have the comedy and, and goof around. And we did that for years. And it was 2014 when we started to introduce the showdown and, and tell everybody
1: it, what the schmodown is, because I'm I'm. I'm in the midst of a war with a lot of people and I'm yeah. happy to be a part of it, but I'm getting the shit beat out of me a lot, but tell you, everybody what you invented the Schmodown, which is brought, really, really we cool. brought
2: eyes and comments, which was amazing. Um, so, tell
1: everybody, what it is though with the, with the, with the wrestling stuff. I love I
2: it. It's everything. So movie, the movie tribute be Schmodown. What we wanted to do is we wanted to follow kind of a page out of esports and the way that esports had made, Competitive video game playing. Like it's like it's covered on ESPN and it's millions of people watch it. It makes millions of dollars. Like it's, it's like it's massive. Um, and we wanted to get the stigma away from people when you say trivia. Oh, like bar trivia, it's the farthest thing from bar trivia. It's like, what if the WWF and UFC and Jeopardy had a baby? And that's and you
1: did that because you were a big fan of WWF. I, right, I, it was up?
2: everything. It was competitive sports. It was, it was, I was a writer for the WWE also, you know, so it was, it was it was the love of wrestling. It was a love of sports. It was a love of combat sports. It was a love of kind of rankings and systems and, and being able to have free agency and trading and, and making something a full-fledged sport. Um, plus the fact that it combined it with my love of movies. Right. And, we did all, and we did all that. And we had a tournament in 2014, did another one in 2015. And in 2016, we began the actual league. And we took like all of the big personalities, like whether it was like Nerdist or Rotten Tomatoes or IGN, and we pitted them up against each other and did like fake uh, uh, news conferences and contract signings, and and the fans started creating fantasy leagues. So and you you
1: you literally did like the Hulk Hogan thing everything. of movie trivia.
2: Yeah, that's what you told yeah, me.
1: Like you got to get on board if you're gonna do it. Like you got to have a character.
2: Yeah, storylines, like, promos. Story uh, managers and, and the whole thing, but it was also, but combining that with actual faction points, like you can be on factions, you can get traded, you can decide, you can go, you can go other places, you can go to free agency. Um, and, and, you know, and now it's like, it's, it's like a real thing. Like ESPN is going to cover us. Oh, now. It's like,
1: an amazing thing. Yeah. Like you've, you've literally, I've, I, I tell you this all the time. You're so humble. You hate compliments. I'm like so proud of you. But um, being that this, uh, my show is about second act, I have to ask you this, like, what do you think was like, because you came out to L.A. to be a comedian, you, you, you came out to be a stand up. That's your background. You, you created this like enterprise. Like, what do you think was like the impetus for you to like, where you were like, all right, I need to do something else. Like, what was your like, what was the moment where you were like, this isn't working? I got to do something else.
2: Stupidity. Uh, I think uh, why? Well, I think stupidity, I think, because like I was I was Dating a girl in two thousand and
1: oy vey. yeah, oy, oy, like, oy, here we I go.
2: Like, I think it was like two thousand one, and on and off, but it's really dating like dating a like,
1: girl. I thought you never dated anybody but Sadie.
2: No, I had I, before before Sadie. There was someone else in it. It was it was like so <laughs> was when one I,
1: person I, ever,
2: ever. But no, there was no there was a I the same girl that I dated when I was in Queens when I we were dated. We were younger. Uh-huh. We dated for like on and off for like three and a half four years. Then in college, and we broke up. And when I, we were in, we went off our separate ways in college. Um, and then when I went back to work for the WWE during that time, eh, I was back and forth from Stanford, Connecticut, and I would go and be in Queens. And when I, after I stopped that gig, her and I went to see, fun, strangely enough, um, uh, the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We went to see a movie together, and we kind of rekindled the old uh, flame, if you will.
1: Wait, what? Wait, what? You yeah. rekindled a romance during Jay... Well, after
2: that movie, we, it wasn't oh, like, oh, I need romantic, to talk like, to that girl. Like, that girl None. needs to help. That, it, no, we, we, it wasn't that. It was as much as like it was afterwards and we, we rekindled. And then she moved out to California and lived with me. And I had become a regular at the comedy store and the improv. I was doing colleges. I was doing all that stuff. Right. And she was a girl from Queens that was not used to this life. And I would constantly get hit with, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? When are you going to I was like, well, but I when am. are do-.
1: you going to get a real job? Yeah,
2: but it's seriously. And I was like, well, but I'm doing, I'm making strides here. I'm getting, I'm getting like farther and farther up the chain at the, the, the comedy store. I'm doing more stuff here. I'm like, I'm not just, I'm getting spots. Like it's. it was hard. And it still is. It's no, hard. It's, it's brutal.
1: My God, being a stand up, it's like the most brutal.
2: And I was going up, Bonnie, I was going up like 14 times a week. Oh. And I was able to do it. I was because I would find ways to get up t- two times a night and go, I would go to the comedy store and then I, on a Sunday night and then I would drive to the improv and do a spot or that I would do another show at that room five. And I was doing, I was constantly, I was really doing a lot of stuff, but then t- it's the positive and the negative of it was that because of the pressure of when are you getting a job? When are you doing this? When are you doing that? And I was like, I thought this was my job. I was like, you know, I always wanted to work in film. So let me find out how to do that. And I called my buddy Trevor, who has helped me out a lot in my career, Thanks. and he helped me get an internship at this company called Village Roadshow, oh, wow. which was, uh, you know, they they worked with Warner Brothers. They still, you know, financiers and did finance like the Matrix and other things. And I, and I worked there and I interned for a while. And I eventually turned that into a job, like uh, being like an office manager for Alclan Entertainment, which did uh, the Blind Side and, and a bunch of other. So you movies. became
1: like a nine to fiver
0: though.
2: I would right. And I but I was trying to do both. And I essentially kind of I put stand-up to the side for a little bit because I was like, oh, hey, look, you know, I got a I got this gig. And I wasn't, it wasn't anything I was happy with because I was I knew that while I was sitting behind this desk or office managing while I was there, I had these ideas, but they weren't listening to me or taking me serious. I was the guy that would go to the gross the the, the grocery store and pick up the stuff for the office and I'm like oh I have an idea like great like everybody else you know I'm like okay so this wasn't something that I really gave a crap about and then um I mean it was an easy job because I was able to it wasn't too much pressure yeah. pretty much You're made money.
1: Paid. Yeah. yeah um but you weren't creatively like it wasn't your I wasn't it's challenged. like me when I was waiting tables it wasn't you know I did no. it because I had to do it
2: no and I had so and I thought that I was making you know the girl happy at the time and I was like, this isn't me. This is not, I don't really do this for people. And then I'm, I'm like, what? And so I was feeling like I wasn't really, I was I was getting something out of the internship though. It was really a lot of knowledge. And that eventually turned into an interview um, with Joel Silver's company.
1: Oh, right. And I remember that's when I I think I met you right around the Joel right Silver. Right after I left.
2: Yes. So I met, I met you in 2008. I had been gone from Joel Silver's company for about a year after I met you. But like so, I- but when I got in there, though, I was uh, when I got the first interview, it was like the end of 2004 was when uh, that girl and I broke up
1: oh. and he moved
2: back to New York. And then I kind of went just full on. I told myself. I'm just focusing on me now.
1: So, do you think that was your? Was that your like literally? Was that the break of your second act? If would you say that out here?
2: Yeah, because it turned everything. It turned everything around in general. Like it, it.
1: Well, that happened to me too. Like, 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 yeah, like something like traumatic. Like it's it just it it breaks you or makes you, you know?
2: It had to because like it was it was it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing I'm not making decisions right now for anybody but myself. Now, obviously, eventually that changed, but. Not, right.
1: And you're not, like, this isn't the girl I'm going to marry. So now what?
2: So now what? So then I so, then I, kept, I got that interview, um, you know, and I, I got a second interview and then I got a third interview and then I got the job working at Silver. And I met a lot of people there. I met my friend, uh, my, my, one of my godfathers, by the way, who you met, David Gambino. Oh, yes. So Gambino. and I like uh,
1: to say David Gambino. I don't Ted, think you could say David Gambino like David Gambino. It. You got to say David Gambino.
2: Yeah, and then he and then he breaks your legs if you say it the wrong way. Yeah, no, then will break my freaking legs. Lovely yeah. wife Lori, who I've been friends with now for fifteen some odd years, and then Eric Olson and Naveed, Maclar, Ethan Irwin, who is just yeah. competes so, in my So league. working
1: at Joel, like that, Joel Silver, like that gave you all of these friends that supported you to go and do this crazy was- thing, which by the way, absolutely insane. Like you and Mark went off on your own and were like. All right, we're going to do this like schmo's no movie trivia podcast. Like, nobody was doing that. Like, that's you know, pretty ballsy. Well,
2: it takes, it takes, it takes Balls. all confidence. And I think that that was the thing when I was at, because, you know, Joel Silver's company was college for me. Yeah. I learned, I learned the business. I learned, I met people. I met, I mean, I met another ex girlfriend while I was there. You know, I was like, how many ex
1: girlfriends do you have? I don't
2: well, know. but you, but, yeah, but you know her. And like, but I, but Ooh. I, Katie. And uh, oh God, but, Katie,
1: that's when everyone compares me to.
2: But that's when, but that's when I was at Silver and I was Bye. there. And like, but but again, she regardless, her and I became like we're still very good friends. It's you know? so
1: funny because you said um college, like when I interviewed Jesse Bochco, I asked him what was your second act, and he said, Um, uh, because when I worked on NYPD Blue, he had just been promoted. And he said, kind of similar to what you said, he went, I actually look at that as um what did he say like school yeah he said he said yeah he said school he said um that was school like because he had just gotten promoted and he had been you know his dad's son and he had to do every job and nobody took him seriously and that was the year that they were like all right like show us what you can do and he said a a similar thing he went i look at that as like school
2: right yeah it was that's well that's what it was and i and i learned i didn't know a lot about a lot of the etiquette, the way that it worked, with development. I mean, the business is very different now than it was in 2005. But I mean, I learned about how the studio worked, the structure heads, like the difference between like the production companies on a lot, a production deal, turnaround, all these things and terminology that I I kind of learned. People And people that I'm still friends with and that I'm still making um, business decisions with to, to this day. But because of that... But inside of that, it also made me realize because I was single I mean I was living with with my with Adam, my buddy Adam at the time, and who I got a, who also started working there so we're both working at Silver Pictures together. We live together, and I'm like, all right, so I'm not really answering to anyone but myself, and now I have no excuses so I, even though I'm working from nine o'clock until like seven o'clock at this company. What is stopping me then from driving to Burbank and then driving straight to the comedy store and start doing comedy again? So, so I let start- me ask you a
1: question. When you were like doing the comedy thing and you were like working a nine to five, still doing the comedy, break up with the girl, what am I doing? Like what, like what, what, what happened in your brain where you were like, you know what? I have this idea. Like, cause you and Mark went out and like badass. I mean, I so respect you. Like you created the schmoes, no thing. Like what, what happened that you had the guts to go, you know what? I'm gonna like, I'm gonna start a movie trivia, uh, 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 you know, group that has now grown to like hundreds of thousands of people that I'm a part of and I love it. But like, what was the impetus that you thought, hmm, I think I could do something else. I'm just curious. Cause like, that's to me, like, how do you, how do you have, the, like, I want people to know, like, how do you have the guts when you're, when you're failing at something to go, I can make something else out of this.
2: It's it's not as, it, unfortunately, it's not as easy as to say, uh, you know, just have the guts for it because it depends on where you are in your life, right? And, like I said, like at the time of my life, I was single. Right. I was not answering to anyone. Young. That,
1: By the way, let's let's stress. You know, I was. Young.
2: Yeah, I was young. Uh, it's tr- absolutely true. And then I, like I said, I would say to myself because- at the, like today if I said to myself like do I have do I still have the desire and do I get feel like a junkie sometimes when, no. I, when I want to do stand-up comedy yes and but it's not as easy, like when I was living by myself yeah. and I didn't have and if I had the urge to go to the stand-up comedy club and didn't do it it's because I was lazy and I should have gotten and gotten off my ass and go and do it I say now, that all
1: the time I say that all the time to the actresses I mentor I'm like if I could have that, that, that still like that twenty-two-year-old like move to LA with five hundred dollars, move to Venice by myself, you know that got me to like I, I, I yeah. I mean, I I just had this. Well, you innate, know? That. Yeah. It's like learning to ski. Like when you're a kid, you have right. zero fear. But like, try to teach a forty-five-year-old to ski. Forget it.
2: Right. We're gonna break your neck.
1: Yeah, uh, forget it. Forget but it.
2: I so but the thing was, you know, I was like, I was even then you know I was working at I worked at silver for about 2 years in yeah. development I had gotten uh, an offer to to bump up and become a an ex, a creative, creative executive and at the same at the same time I said I don't want to do this anymore because really? I
1: Really you turned down that like you had a, you had a, you had a, like a money job
2: Well it, it was it was a start to a money job because oh. it was the, the CEO, So the thing was I had gotten I had signed to, I had gotten these two writers. I found these two writers that took on a, a studio project. And then I got um, another movie um, that they picked up in the Warner Brothers greenlit. So they were going to offer me a, a boost because I had found these projects. And I said, I, I don't want to do this. It's, it's, I felt like I loved movies and I was working in yeah, but movies. You weren't, you
1: weren't, you weren't creatively, like you weren't able to be, I mean, I know what that's like. I mean, you, you and I talk like you're one of my closest friends. Like how many jobs have I done? Or you you know I suck it up and I'm like I'm not creatively fulfilled at all but God forbid I complain because it pays my bills for two years but like I'm dying inside like and
2: that's kind of how I felt you know and and then I said but I I was like okay so what I need to do what I did was I actually I raised money I wrote a script and it was a television script and we shot a pilot and we shot it and it was called Grass at Straws and it was this is about a comedian kind of and it was and it was really a lot of fun we had and that was actually where mark ellis was on the show and he was in between takes him and i would be goofing around and on that i realized that he and i had a good chemistry together but you know that pilot that we shot i was very proud of but it just happened right in the middle of the writer's strike and it did nothing My god
0: tell
1: me about it
2: yeah so it was it was one of those things but what it did was it allowed me to realize that i had a pretty good relationship there with ellis my friend do you i don't know if you have ever heard the stories there was a there's uh this woman um who was um, she was Winkleman's ex girl. And she was uh
1: Winkleman. She, Why are you saying Winkleman? Like the fans know who Winkleman is. My
2: my friend Adam Winkleman. Your
1: uh, college roommate. No, he was like, I dated. That's how I know you.
2: How you know me, but he Just get but, it
1: out there, yeah. Yeah, bye, bye, bye. But,
2: he, but he, anyway, he was uh where where we going? So you cut me off. Where were we going? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know where we're going with that. I
1: don't know where you're going. You met Mark Ellis. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: and then, uh, anyway, so Ellis, Ellis, oh, Martini was the girl. Oh, yes. Martinique was her name. And she was, um, she was working in San Francisco at uh-huh. one point, point. And she was working for Al Gore's network called Current TV. And so Current TV was basically taking people... And looking for them to review television pilots through like flip phones and uh, and all these things and oh, just, like razor those phones? <laughs> oh, these little like mini cameras or whatever they were and yeah. and so Ellis and I did it and there was like I don't know twelve to fifteen other people that did it and they liked us the best and we started reviewing TV shows and and movies and stuff for them and eventually that evolved into us starting our own YouTube channel in 2008 and we called it Schmoes No, ah, um,
1: uh, that's where I'm trying to get to. Yeah. 2008, we got to schmoes no. All right, here yeah. we go. All well, right.
2: that's, that's where it started. It started, it started, it started. with just reviewing and it went from being, you know- 100- It
1: started with like reviewing, you guys were just being comedians and reviewing movies, but it yeah. was like really you guys just being like hysterically funny and reviewing movies, right? That's how it started.
2: It was just quick three-minute reviews with some bits in between it. And then what we realized is people started watching it. And then because of those studio contacts that I had made, Right. I, through the silver job, I was able to find out who to talk to in publicity to try to find us to get to see movies early so we could get the reviews out early and beat anybody else that was putting oh. reviews out there. And we started doing that for a while. Um, and we did it. And I remember the first screening that we ever got to as like actual invited as critics was true grit um, oh. with the, that, the, the remake. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and Ellis and I go, Oh wow. We got invited to our first screening. And then Leonard Malton was at one of the screenings. And I remember us looking at each other going, we're not supposed to be here.
1: Leonard <laughs> Maltin, you're, like, a, you're like, you're I, like, I, 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 I'm not worthy.
2: He's a legend. And and then fast forward, fast forward that he's competed now in the Schmodown, which is amazing. He was at what the one of my cool, one of the coolest moments we did a, we did a, a live event in Los Angeles. There was like 600 people in the crowd. Wow. And we were, and right before the main event, we were calling out um, all the people that were in there, like the big Schmodown personalities. But then Leonard Malton was there one night him and his his lovely daughter, Jesse. And we said, ladies and gentlemen, the Maltons are here, Jesse and Leonard. And it was like, it was like Mike Tyson showed up. The place went (laughs) crazy. We got a standing ovation. You mean
1: someone got their ear bit off?
2: Yes. And Leonard Malton jumped over the the railing and bit somebody. It blows
1: right by my jokes, right by my jokes. No, it was was adding
2: to your joke. It was adding to it. Uh Don't edit
1: my joke. Don't edit my
2: joke. Adding, adding.
1: adding. All right, go ahead.
2: This is, this, is, this is how Abbott and Costello, Costello started. They would have been Abbott done, and who? done. Who? Did you have a stroke? Yeah, I think you. So did. basically,
1: like ideally, every project is creatively fulfilling. Wait, let me answer. So every project, it's like creatively fulfilling and financially rewarding. And if it can't be both, then it better be like one or the other, right? Like, is mm-hmm. that how you? Is that how? Is that how you feel?
2: Yeah, I mean, if. You have to. It's uh, just a matter of what's more important. I think, because then you get bored eventually, and you try yeah. to do both of those so, things.
1: So, what do you do if, like, what do you do now, like? Because now you've grown this into like an empire, which I am so proud of you. Like, literally, Christian, I tell I tell everybody, like, I'm so proud. Like, you have grown this to like an empire, and you've got it's like the schmoes know has become a league, and it's and it's and it's amazing, and it's comedy, and you discover comedians, and you give comedians a chance that might not have a chance, and you know, hacks like me that used to be somebody on television and, you know, give them a break. Um, you know, like-
2: I, Buzz, I read that article about you and blue bloods too. It's awesome.
1: Oh, that was nice. Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I was a little surprised. It's a good I was- shot.
2: I like that. So what's going well, on, you've on? always probably?
1: been. I have to tell you've always been like one of my biggest fans and you've always told me like never to give up and you've supported yeah. me when I've been like absolutely down, depressed and, um, But, like, you are somebody I've always admired. Like, you just have never given up. You have just been like, I am the prize. I am the prize. Like, just, you know, this is my goal. This is what I want. Like, and I just, I, I, I'm like, what do you think? Like, what would you tell people like that things fail and their first chance fails and their second chance fails and their stand up fails? And, you know, like me, like so many shows, you've always had the best advice for me. You've always been like, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And you've always been like super progressive. You know, you were like, you need to be doing uh, uh, YouTube before anybody else. You need to be doing Instagram before anybody else. Like, like what would your advice to be, be for people like that, like right now? Like, cause you, you've had so many acts, you know?
2: Well, I think that the main thing is that you have to, it's cliche, but you have to believe in yourself. That's, that's, that's the- Really?
1: I'm crying right now. I'm really, I'm weeping.
2: But it's, but isn't it true? I mean, is it, if you don't because if you don't believe because if, if you don't believe in yourself, then you're in you, you you put if you don't believe in yourself, no one else certainly is going to. And I
1: believed in myself a million times when, you know, shows were canceled and I've yeah. been down on my luck and you've told me like, you know, Bonnie, you know, get the get get up and like get on Instagram oh, and, and, and reinvent yourself. And I didn't listen to you for a long, long time, you know, and and and, and now I'm I'm trying.
2: But yeah, but you did it. But that doesn't mean that you didn't believe in yourself. That just means that you just did it in different ways because you're because you're a very talented actress. So you wanted to make sure that you were able to say, OK, I do. Uh, just because I said, hey, you should be doing podcasting and other things and reinvent yourself. You didn't do it doesn't mean you didn't believe in yourself. It just means that you wanted to make I mean, it. I think it means the opposite. It means the fact that you kept pushing and you got yourself golden boy and you did. Yeah, you did, but oh, I didn't I, I,
1: I, I I'm guilty of like I told people like I'm I'm guilty of you know, you've always had that motivation that I admire, like you never ever have like taken a day off. And I and I admit this and I'm not ashamed of it. I admit that I've taken days off and I've kind of lost my way and gained weight or, you know, didn't, you know, focus on the wrong things. Like, and I and I admit that because like, okay. why not be honest? But you are somebody that's always been like, I am the prize, I am the prize, I am the prize the whole time.
2: Yeah, I, but that's only because I feel like I still haven't gotten even remotely close to the prize. I think you've you've hit the prize a couple of different times. Uh, yeah, but it's like, you know, I, I just I always feel like uh, it's 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 not even
1: <laughs> you're close. very motivated, though. Have you ever have you ever like felt in your life? You lost that motivation ever
0: like during that there... time.
2: That, during that time, I told you like for for when, you know, like I was, I had stopped doing stand up. I was just got an internship to make someone happy. And I was just kind of laying around smoking pot, watching Yankee games while my.
1: So, so you think that breakup, like, so that was, a that was in changed, hindsight.
2: Yeah. It changed everything. It was the best.
1: So when everything. did you, like, how did you get back on your feet after that?
2: It was, well, The it was pretty, it was pretty quick because like I said, I, I went, I, I just, I, whether it's selfish or not, I, I said, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for anyone else except myself right now. I'm going to focus in on this. I didn't have any other responsibilities to anybody but myself. And, and then I also told myself I wasn't going to get into a relationship again. I wasn't going to be, uh, I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't going to have kids. I wasn't going to do all that. That's what I told myself anyway.
1: You had, did you have like a date? Like when, when you met Sadie, we were like, Oh shit.
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I was. Anyway, guys, Sadie, is his,
1: Sadie is his. wife. She's one of yeah. my closest friends. I can say this because I was a bridesmaid. I say this. I love sure. you, Sadie.
2: But I was in. I was in. But no. But Sadie and I talk about it all the time that I was. At You're that. You're ready.
1: Point, You're ready.
2: No, I wasn't. I wasn't wow. at that point. I was. I was. I when I, when I met Sadie, it was. I told her, uh, you know, come to a come to one of my shows and oh. she's like come to one of your shows i love this story
1: she's like that's
2: what i was that's what i do i wasn't i wasn't looking for relationships or dates and i would go and i would and you know and i dated comedians and 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 i uh and i was actresses and and whatever it was but i was i wasn't looking i wasn't looking for I wasn't looking for anything. And then I just kind of, I, but through stand-up comedy is where I met my wife, because right.
1: and she friend. was, a, and, and she honestly, I have to say this, like you got to meet someone that like is truly a real fan and loves you for you yeah. because otherwise it'll never work. And she really was, she really was a big fan. You gotta have that when you're an artist, you got it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, it's true. She wasn't, it was just, it was just a. She
1: loved you from like the get go. She told me she thought you were hysterical.
2: Yeah. Well, we just, we, and we both didn't take each other's crap, which was good too. And it was like, and we were able, we, we just vibed with each other and it was, yeah, I don't know. It was, I, and I think eventually I was, cause I was even the beginning of our relationship with her and I, I was kind of trying to convince myself I didn't want to be in a relationship. And I tried to find a way out stupidly right. and, and then realize, what are you doing? This is dumb. And then, you know, fast forward. 10
1: so years when ago. you were with Sadie and like, as she was with you when, with, with, how it's grown and schmoes and SCN, like, like, was there ever a moment where you were like, Oh, this is the right thing. Or did you just know right away?
2: I think that it was, you know, I, I knew that I liked, I liked being with her. I knew that I would liked seeing her more, 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 more often. Um, <laughs> then, and then I realized she's not, that one, she's
1: not hard on the eyes, you know, she's
2: not hard on the eyes. And then, nah, I, re- she's then I, no, and then I realized at one point I was like, okay, this is kind of like, this is this is a, when I knew that my wife is a she's a shit get off the pot type of woman. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like, she, is, she, she
1: is a very I mean, I I'm, as a friend of mine, I can I can say she she is one of those people that is very supportive. Yeah. And, and, and like with me, she's always been like never for I mean, all the years she's been like, Bonnie, you're an amazing actress. You're going to like she is one of those like. She's honest and real. I believe in you type of person, you know?
2: She's no bullshit. She's honest. She's real. And she's about the most, like, she's just a a very, like, loyal, genuine person. And that's what, and, and, but she told me, she's like, she, I remember we were sitting around. She's like, look, because I told her she, we had the marriage conversation earlier into the relationship. And I remember her telling me where she was like,
1: Oh, I remember the night. I remember the whole engagement night. I mean, I yeah, was a part was, of the that whole thing. I was
2: after when I was locked in. She, When we first started dating,
1: <laughs> locked in.
2: She, says, she said to me, she goes, she's like, you know, talking about marriage. And I said, I don't really believe in marriage. I believe in like longer relationships, But marriage, I, I think it's just, it's just a piece of paper, is what I said to her. And she said, that's wonderful. But I do believe in marriage. So if you don't, then I understand. But maybe we should call it a call it a day.
1: So do you think like part of your act, like, let's say, OK, going back to the second act yeah. and third act, like like that relationship is a big part of like your third act or, your, you know, your fourth, whatever you want to call it. Right.
2: Easily, because it's like it, there's there's that because of what I just said that trans yeah. uh, how I kind of progressed into wanting to appease someone and then not be wanting to and then just acting for myself. Right. But right. Then, I, then I went into the mode of OK someone telling you, I understand if you don't want to not be selfish anymore, but I'm asking you that you, you can't be anymore. So right. if you're cool with right. that, then let's do it. But if not, then you need to move on. And I chose that she was, she was worth it. And I'm glad that I did because, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I got two beautiful, uh, two
1: beautiful little nuggets.
2: And, and my wife is, is like one of the best things that ever happened. me. So, is. So yeah.
1: So wait, let me ask you a question. So just like all right, so how similar do you think S E N Schmo like or different is now than what you thought it would be years ago? How um, is it is it similar or different or like how like well, what do I mean,
2: you mean? Yeah. I mean Schmo's no turn just turned from two guys reviewing movies and now it's a it's, it's turning into a, it's, it's
1: it's it's a war <laughs> path where I get attacked on Twitter and, 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 and told and told like you're not hot. Who do you think you're
2: uh, Oh, No one said you're not hot. I didn't see any of those That's comments. True. Nobody said I'm not hot. No one, one said that. that. I think I mean, your, your entrance is going to be nominated for Entrance of the Year. There's Listen,
1: no, let me say something. My entrance is all Dave, all my boyfriend. He, he I told you what he said. He, he's like you. He went, you better throw your fastball and stop messing around.
2: Wrong. I mean, that, again, the amount okay. of comments he's and everything else. Yeah, the,
1: he said what you said. He's like, stop with the with the sky photos. I told him what you said. He was like, stop it. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's just listen he, to my
1: accent. Now, why am I? Why am I talking like this? What's going your on? Inst-
2: your Instagram has improved a thousand percent since you started dating Dave. I'll tell you that right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my life has improved a thousand percent yeah, since I started dating Dave.
2: You're gardening now? You want to send me some basil?
1: I'm gardi. Oh, my God, the basil. You won't even believe. Good. All right. Anyway, Good. all right. Listen, now I got to get serious. All right. I got to ask you five questions. All right. So, who do you think?
2: Ralph Biskins. <laughs> no?
1: Um, all right. Who do you think was a, the best extra in all of the Spider-Man franchises? Go.
2: Um, Brett Sheck. Now, you.
1: <gasps> How you. dare you?
2: It's a great scream. It's a great scream. I, I I. think I talked to you about that on SNS. Uh,
1: Screaming mm-hmm. Woman from Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. is one of my greatest... Achievements of all time. And, and you
2: said Sam Raimi was in the room, right? He he directed you in that shot?
1: Who, first of all, who's Sam Raimi? Where are you from?
2: You, know, <laughs> you didn't work with Sam Raimi?
1: Yeah, I did. Of course I did. What are you talking about? I worked on that for three... By the way, anyone listening? You want to be an actor? Don't. Three weeks of my life, although the residuals still come in. Three weeks of my life, and the whole thing was cut to 20 seconds.
2: Wow. What was the original... What was oh, the- I had a
1: whole scene. I had a whole scene. I had like a fight with a client. Oh, by the way, I liked that I was wearing glasses. You know, I yeah. looked like kind of cool.
2: Here, right. you know, I got. Well, I got something for you.
1: Here. All right, go ahead. Here
2: right. Hold on, you got it.
1: What? Can you hear that? What? What is that? Is that my scream? You're so. Well done. <laughs> She's so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True or false? True or false? Bonnie Somerville was not in the final edit of A Star Is Born, because it was widely assumed she would steal the entire movie. True. Ah, All right. No, no. Um, <laughs> okay. Who pioneered the genre of ad execs who leave everything for small town Christmas tree farmers in Hallmark movies like the one I did, Love You Like Christmas?
2: Horatio Sands. <laughs> no? no?
1: <laughs> Dave is laughing by the way. He's over here laughing. I just snorted. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, absolutely. I want you to tell the story. You have to tell the story. <laughs> you, your famous worst moment of being a stand up ever. And that counts as two questions. Cause it's so brilliant. Your famous story about your most embarrassing moment when you were stand up with.
2: Oh, you mean the improv, the improv? Yes. The-
1: yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Oh, this story. Um, oh,
1: yes, this counts as three questions.
2: It, well, I mean, the story goes like this. I had just kind of moved to L.A. We just talked about Adam Winkleman. He brought me for my 22nd birthday, I think it was. 22nd, 21 of those. And we went to the improv. It was sold out. And on the stage was um, Rick Overton, very um, very famous comedian inside of the, uh, uh, in general. He's a very accomplished comedian, actor. And he had this improv group that was up on stage and they were just absolutely murdering up there. And I had a couple shots here and there
1: By the way, mur- mur- murdering for civilians means doing
2: well, just doing very well. Yeah. So no, they're actually back. just taking uh, a, they were actually just people, killing people, people misbehaving <laughs> yeah, in the with
1: guns and knives. Yeah.
2: But no, no, they were just smashing shot glasses, shot glasses inside of their uh, larynxes. It's yes, like America. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, so like the, I remember being in the crowd, And Rick Overton saying, this is the point of the show where we ask an audience member to jump up on stage if they are, uh, if they are, nobody usually does this because it's, it's tough to do and we're going to come after you. So, and I, again, had a couple of shots and I jumped up on stage and I remember them circling me like sharks in the water. And I was just, I was just on and they were, they would throw a scenario and I just kept, Hitting the moments in the crowd would go laughter. Laugh. It got me back into stand-up comedy is what it now, did. a so
1: wait, let me, I got into it. So for like civilians or people that want to be stand-ups, you have a couple of shots or you're an actor and someone throws you up and they go, go, they have to understand that like you you either, you live or die in that moment. Like you either do it Listen. or you just go home and you,
2: yeah, in improv you have right. to listen, and this is like a group of very trained uh, killers when it came to comedy, and they are throwing scenarios at me, trying to make me look stupid, and I like and, improv, uh, right. as exactly. they were supposed to be doing, mind you. Like if you, when you have someone who's just a regular civilian jumping up, you're supposed to shine, and in that moment, and and I could do this a hundred times, and it only happened once. In that moment, I out was outshining them, and I was able to do it in that moment. Now every other moment. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And, I, and, and, and the crowd was screaming and yelling and laughing. And I just was on top of the world. Um, I got on and, and Rick Overton to this day, uh, when I saw him at the comic store recently, he said, you had brass balls. And he's like, that's, and, and we kept in touch after that. And he always gave me respect. But I get off the stage and I had this hand come up to me and tap me and she goes, you are incredible. And I looked at her and it was Sarah Silverman and i turn and i say you are great in something about mary she's in the movie for maybe three seconds uh she looked at me like i had three penises on my face and then i walked away uh so the stupid thing you blew
1: it listen what is the Nero Nero saying good fellas you blew it
2: I was on Burt Kreischer's show like two or three weeks ago and we talked about this and what I should have done in that moment was, Oh my God, thank you. Cause I just, I'd seen her at the Boston comedy club. She's very established in the comedy world. What I should have said was, Sarah, this is very nice of you. Can I, can I buy you a drink? Can I, can I ask you like, where should I get up? Where should I go? What do you suggest? I should have picked her brain about stand up comedy instead of go, Oh, do you agree with that movie? Bye bye. And then I left and like an idiot. And I never, I, I, I think I spoke to her like maybe one other time in passing, but that moment, would just kind of came and went, and I, and it's always those what if moments. Like what? We
1: always have those. I have so many of those.
2: So many of those, but it's like one of those. But that that's the one that I always like that. It definitely if those going back in time moments of, of hey, stupid! Don't do what you just did. Let me handle this.
1: All right, two more questions, and then I'm gonna get 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 let you go. How do you think you'd do as a contestant in the Shmo down instead of the host if you were up against? Ooh. Cause you are the champion of the singles like
2: no i'm not me i'm not dan merle's you're not? i'm no i'm not i don't compete anymore
1: oh all right how do you think you do as a contestant right now well yeah you're right because now I it's grown
2: killed. i did killed uh oh, I, you'd I, get
1: killed like me and everybody me? hates no, me no, by the no, way i did you know, good the other time why,
2: yes but do you know why, why do you know why they gave you crap
1: yes because i still don't know the rules yes that's why that but i'm too me. busy wearing a bodysuit. suit oh.
2: Come on, you Doing could. Have, good,
1: put a Guarantee mic you,
2: on. I guarantee you that if I would have said, and especially if I would talk to Dave, if I would have sat down and said, "Just make sure." Dave's that she,
1: listening, by the way. He's fine,
2: saying. she knows the rules. She knows the repeats. I could have strangled you in what you were telling. Like you're you're in the middle of it, and you go, you go, Listen. you you say, you say the, you, at the one point, what did you say? You go, uh, can I get a repeat? Listen.
1: Come on, even play it. First of all, here. first of all, rules are for bitches. <laughs> Second of all, when I get very excited i lose my place all right what do we got to do to get you to go head to head against mark you and you and mark we
2: did it we've done it already we did it uh,
1: a long time ago like a a a year and a half ago oh well, see how much i watch the show
2: thank you so much i appreciate the support
1: listen i love you so much and i'm really thank you so much for doing this and i i really do mean this i know you're not emotional and you hate when I get emotional and but I, I really look up to you and everything you've done since I've met you really inspires me and you have always supported me and thank you so much. Cause look, I'm finally doing a podcast like you said I should.
2: I love it. And I, I really
1: I, do. I, I admire you, Christian, so much. Like you've taken every single opportunity and turned it into something else. And like that just I, I really admire that.
2: Well, thank you. And as the to return that sentiment, I would say
1: See, you can't be emotional, guy. We can't. We're like brother and sister. God forbid. You want to fart now? Yeah, let's fart. Yeah. Okay. That's how emotional we are.
2: That's right. But I, I do
1: I, love you. I do love your kids a lot.
2: Yes. Uh, well, so
1: tell everybody where to follow you right now because they need to.
2: All right. Well, first. <laughs>
1: stop
2: it! Come on. This is a professional show. Stop it. First place so I would. Will you stop it? So where He's I would say an idiot. you. Know, Are you really going to set a burrito. Do you
1: have
2: a burrito? uh, Bonnie. (laughs) Is that what the basil is That was a
1: wet one. I got to go. Tell everybody where to follow you.
2: www.clownfart.net. Go to uh, (laughs) (laughs) youtube.com slash the schmodown, and you can find uh, all platforms, whether the schmodown or um, Instagram, the, the whole nine yards.
1: Yes, and follow Christian Harloff on Instagram. And also... You know, people out there just like protect me because I'm getting a lot of slack as the smoke show on Schmodown and like, I got a lot of beef, but I really, I listened to Christian and I, I, and my boyfriend said, you know, throw your fastball, you know? So I did. That's not not
2: where they, that's not where you got the the grief from. The grief was from what people said was it was just you, if you would have learned, if you knew the
1: rules of the game, you would have won the match. Rules are for
2: See? Well, then Ugly people. You're not allowed to complain. You're not allowed to complain about it. You're not allowed to complain about it.
1: All right. all right. I love you, Christian, very much. Same here. I love your kids. And thank you so much. I'm really thank you. I'm really proud to have you on the show because, like I said, I, you were the first podcast I ever did. So it means a lot to me.
2: Well, good. I'm glad that you're finally doing. It. You've been talking about <laughs> it. Yeah. Maybe I'll
1: see you. Maybe I'll see you sometime if we get over COVID.
2: I know. We'll see. We'll see whatever. God help us all.
1: God help us all. All I love right. you.
2: All right. Thank Same you. here. You got it.
1: Bye, babe. Bye. Well, that was awesome. I'm so excited that Christian was my first guest. Honestly, I have to tell you, I it meant a lot to me. It's just full circle because I was on his podcast when podcasts weren't even a thing. And um I just remember sitting in his room. In his room, the fan was on and um it was so hot. Oh my god, it was hot as balls. It was like a hundred degrees. And I was like, what is this? What are you we were talking about The Princess Bride, um, which is one of my favorite movies, by the way. And he just had this vision, he had this idea, and that's not what he came out to LA to do, you know. I mean, he came out to to be a stand-up and and he, you know, figured out a way to make money and do what he loves. Um and put together this group of people that are just passionate about movies and genre movies and comedy movies and sci-fi, and he's turned it into a brand. And it's, it's his second act, you know. And it's not his last act. He's gonna have many more acts, and that's what the point of this podcast is. You know, it's like you just never know. You you can't give up. You gotta you just gotta think of how you can pivot. I guess is the best way I could think of it. Um, how can you pivot when things? Are not going the way you want to go because we all can do it. You can do it. I could do it. We all could do it. So thank you so much for tuning in to my first podcast. I'm very proud of myself, and I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you to my producer Dave McLean, the greatest guy on the planet. And please follow me. Don't forget, follow me at Second Act underscore Pod on Instagram, and follow my personal Bonds Somerville on Instagram. And send me questions. Send me messages. I would love to know what you thought. Um, any notes, you know, a lot of you think you're, you know, critics out there. So uh, listen, bring it on. I'm prepared. Won't be the first time, but I'd love to hear from all of you. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download and leave me a five-star review on Apple because I really think I deserve it and I want to keep coming back. So thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait to bring you more of these stories and don't forget.